Hey dreamers, welcome to the very first episode of the Money Matters podcast, a guide to navigating the world of money and owning your finances. In this episode, we're breaking down the basics. We'll be exploring why money matters, the importance of being financially capable, and the tools you need to achieve your money goals. Joining me today is my longtime friend and fellow young carer, Michael Kasher. Michael has experience working in marketing for a major bank, and he's an advisory committee member with Carers Victoria, following his own experience as a young carer for his brother, David. Welcome, Michael. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Since this is our very first episode, I'm going to share one of my very own money wins. I have limited my online shopping spending to just $50 a month. That means that if I don't spend anything in one month, then I'll have $100 to spend in the next. And for those in the know, that is a big deal for me. We love celebrating you on your big and small wins throughout your journey. So be sure to submit your money wins on the forum for your chance to be featured and to win some extra points in the Dreamers Hub. Today, we're going to be exploring why money matters and why it's important for us as young carers to be financially capable. So, Michael, tell me a little bit about your journey, a little bit about how you grew up and why money matters to you. Yeah, thanks so much. So, I think firstly, thanks so much for having me. And I think um, for everyone listening, I think it's you should be really proud that you're listening because I think that when, when it comes to money, the most important thing is really having knowledge. And you know, there's so many different things you can do about money and ways to save and investing and all these really complicated things. But I think sometimes it can be so overwhelming that we forget that we should just try and listen and learn. So I think that people listening, you know, you, you listening right now, good on you for doing that. Um, I think for me, you know, money, money itself isn't that important if you think about money itself. I think it's really what money does for you or allow you to do or also what it kind of doesn't allow you to do as well. So I think, you know, if you really ask yourself, what does money matter to you? You'll probably answer in a similar way to me. So, you know, maybe money matters because, you know, it, it allows you to go on a yearly holiday. Um, for others, it's really kind of, you know, being able to live in a big house. For many, it's just being able to meet financial obligations, like being able to pay the bills and putting food on the table. So for me, you know, I have a brother with a disability and I think for me, the main thing money has meant for me is the ability to look after him, Um, whether that's, you know, meeting the day-to-day obligations or supporting my family in meeting those day-to-day obligations. Um, But also it's really been setting myself up financially. So, you know, if, um, you know, when, when my brother's ready to move out of home and I was ready to move out of home, I would have a place for him to go, for him to live with me or just to have time away from home. But really it all just, for me, it was him. He was kind of the most important but also you know it allowed me to um or it it does allow me to kind of you know go out for brunch I mean not at the moment but generally go out for brunch with friends (laughs) to be able to buy my friends gifts you know all those things that just make me happy and the things that I enjoy that's what that's what money means to me where are my presents (laughs) so you get to buy your friends gifts I've never gotten a gift what I will have to fix that we'll fix that Tell me what your earliest experience with money is like. I, For me, I remember having a money box or a piggy bank, I guess. I still have one. It's a Winnie the Pooh piggy bank that sits on my bookshelf. Did you get pocket money as a kid? What What was that like when you were growing up? <laughs> actually, I was trying to, I'm trying to rack my brain about my earliest memory. Actually, um, 
I don't want to start on a negative note, but I think the the one thing I do remember as a family is obviously with my brother, when we were both younger, he had a lot of, you know, um, like medical expenses and stuff. So for me, actually money started off with the the meaning that I couldn't go to some to some school camps. And I remember my family kind of saying, you know, if you want to go to school camps, you've got to, got to pick one, you can't go to them all. So really what it meant to me in terms of money and my earliest experience was really looking at all the opportunities there are out in life in terms of what you can spend your money on and and picking the ones that actually meant the most to me and also thinking like ahead. So, you know, I could go on this school trip now, uh, it's August, or I could wait a couple of months and go on the one that I actually really did want to go to rather than missing out on that. I think the other thing as well, my early, earliest experience is when I actually started earning money for myself. So I used to Get, get online and do um, like build websites for some companies and some friends and family as well. So I remember getting that money and I really, really, really wanted to save up for a new computer. I was such a nerd as a kid, um, but, you know, so cool. And I really wanted to build my own rather than having like hand-me-down computers. So I remember saving for that. Um, I think I, I was, I totally geeked out. I had a b- bank account and I was putting money in the bank account and just not touching it. But, um, you know, that, that experience of going, I'm going to earn 200 bucks here, 200 bucks here, save up for what was ultimately my own PC and then being able to get that computer that I bought myself, that I earned myself and saved up was like a really proud moment. I can completely relate to the conversations around school camp and around saving up to buy your first computer. And I think it's a very common thing as young carers that we have where we have to decide on on what is most important to us and how we make that decision from a very young age, I think is something that we can probably all relate to no matter what our caring role was growing up. Did you have a lot of conversations about money when you were younger? I think that possibly that's something that young carers have that maybe other kids without caring responsibilities might have a little bit more of an insight into their family's financial situations. Yeah, I think as a family, I didn't necessarily sit down and talk about money, like in isolation. I didn't, as like when I was really young, I didn't sit down, you know, as 10 with my parents and say like, oh, we only have, you know, $1,000 in the account or, you know, whatever the conversations were at the time. I think there was a lot of conversation around what we could and couldn't do though. And that's probably why for me, money really does relate to the, you know, what it achieves or, you know, kind of restricts you from doing as opposed to the dollars itself. But I do remember, you know, when I got older, it's probably, you know, late high school, I, I really observed my parents were struggling with the understanding of money. So not that obviously from the money itself, but they really didn't understand how to manage their money. And I remember doing a heap of research. I knew that, you know, I was getting to VCE soon and that I, you know, would be starting to earn some money and look, needing to look at going to university. So I did a heap of research and, and worked with my parents then. And I think that's something that as a young carer, I think as we naturally, or you know, um, look out for the people we care for, I really saw that as a as a way to help my family on top of the you know typical things that we all do around actual caring and direct care for our family members or friends for me it was you know oh i can see my parents don't really understand how they're managing their money so sitting down and going hey let's get it into a, an account that doesn't charge you all these fees and you know put it into savings and and also just ultimately for my parents having a bit of a goal i remember um, money being a relatively stressful thing for them in that they didn't really know what their financial position was. So for me, you know, it was really going, actually, you guys are saving and you should feel confident in what you're saving. And, you know, for them, it meant that they were confident that similar to me with a similar objective of looking after my brother, we were all confident that we could care for him if, if something happened or if he needed to, you know, he needed something special. 
So you spoke about a few different things in there that all, I guess, are different concepts or tools that young carers might need to become financially capable or to have a good understanding of their financial situation. And one of those was a bank account. What are some of the other main tools that you think young carers need to become financially independent or financially literate? So I think there's so many tools out there and so many things that you kind of need. But I think I think firstly, taking it back to an understanding of your financial position, I think is really important. And that's not really a tool. And I, I don't know if that's what you're asking, but I think it's not a tool, but just having the knowledge, like, where am I at? How much money do I actually have come in? And how much money do I have go out? And, you know, I think from a, from a tool perspective, you know, I mentioned bank accounts, you know, it's important to have a bank account, I think, so that you can store your money in and manage it. And it's also a safe place to put money. You know, some people kind of hide money under their couches and, and beds and stuff to hide it. But, you know, there's a lot of security in a, in a big bank. And, and, um, you know, if your money gets stolen or anything and you haven't had any kind of, you know, physical, you haven't, you know, leaked all your details or something, it's all protected. So I think having the money in, in an account's important. They're kind of the key things. But I think ultimately, you know, a, a bank account gives you the visibility on what's coming in and what's going out. And I mean, we've known each other, what, for like 18 years now? A long time. And I've, a long time. I don't know if that gives a hint as to how old we're getting, but I've watched, well, I've seen you grow up and, and you've chosen a career working in marketing in a bank at the moment. Is there any motivation or what motivated you to choose that particular career path and how has that impacted on the position that you're in today? Yeah, good question. So, I, I mean, I, I absolutely love my job. I'm very, I feel very privileged to work, you know, for a big bank, and um, I, I really love my job. I think I didn't grow up wanting to work for a bank. I didn't, you know, go through primary school. And go, I really want to be a bank. I think I wanted to be a police officer or, or a fire truck driver. To be honest with you, but I, what I did really want, and what I've always wanted, is the ability to have an impact at a larger scale. And I think that's why I was so attracted to working for a bank at the time because. You know, they, they do have such a big role in the community. Um, banks have such an impact on, you know, our economy, which is the, you know, money and the financial position of, you know, the country we live in. And they really impact every, basically every single Australian in, in some way. And I think I really wanted the ability to influence something like that at that, that kind of big scale. And I have seen that. So I've been so lucky to work on a few, you know, big projects, um, at the, at the bank I work in, which has the real objective of just building financial health and literacy. So telling people how to manage their money better, doing the right thing. Because again, I think if you help people with their money, you make sure they're confident in what they have and don't have. They know when to ask for support. And you know, as a bank, if we're there to support people, then I think you really you really do positively impact people because it means they can, again, you know, do the things that really matter to them, which isn't the money itself, but money is such an enabler for that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that when we're young or even at my age now where I'm still trying to establish good money habits, like not spending my entire paycheck on online shopping <laughs> at the moment. Um, what what do you think are the tips and tricks about establishing good money habits when we're young? And what does this mean as a young person or a young carer who might have other expenses that their friends might not have? Yeah. So look, Care is, you know, I think we, we have a need for caring, you know, not a, not a need as in an obligation, but as in, you know, we all want to help our family members or friends, the person we care for, right? I think that's what I love about being a carer is you have this innate empathy for other people and you just want to do the best you can do for other people. And I think money is really important from that perspective. So I think, you know, my number one really is having that 
budget or just, you know, firstly knowing what's coming in, what's going out, having a budget. You know, you mentioned online shopping. For me, I actually you know, in a spreadsheet, really old fashioned, put together all the money that I was com- that was coming in and how much money I was spending. And I realized that I was getting a coffee every morning with a mate. And, you know, basically what that added up to is $2,000 a year that I was spending on coffee. Now, you know, every day wow. it was only a couple bucks. I know it's crazy. And, you know, I, I sometimes, you know, what that tells me is not that buying coffee or buying a drink every day was a bad thing, but it meant I can make a conscious decision to go, well, yeah, I can buy the coffee and I can afford that because it's not going to impact my actual bigger goals. So, um, you know, I, I do buy coffee on occasion, but I also bought a coffee machine because it's a bit cheaper. Um, but I think really, you know, to your point as well, the online shopping, it's really just going, where, where am I actually spending my money and how do I make sure that, you know, that's not going to impact something else I really want to do, you know, and, and for many and including me, you know, does that, does me buying coffee mean I won't be able to save up for the house for my brother to live in with me? Cause you know, that, that was, what was really important to me and, and I could make those conscious decisions. There are so many like physical tools out there. I think, you know, I used a spreadsheet, but um, you know, there are really cool apps like pocketbook, you know, that's a personal recommendation. Pocketbook's a really a free app, but um, you know, categorizes all of your expenses and tells you up front, you know, how much money you're spending and where is it going. Um, but it also helps you predict upcoming bills if you've forgotten about it or if you get like a random fee from some, you know, merchant or something, you know, you can go, oh, I didn't expect that fee. I can follow up. Sometimes you don't realize when it's on your bank statement. So there are, there are lots of tools, but I think ultimately it's just about picking something that works for you. So it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be anything. It could be a notebook. Um, but ultimately the, the number one tool, I would say, if it's not a really a tool, is just knowing where's the money going, how much is coming in and how much is going out. I absolutely love those practical tips and tricks and things like that, because I think when I was younger, I, I would, I'd see money coming into my account and be like, oh, great, I can go and treat myself or I can go and do something else. And then all of a sudden I had no money again and I wasn't really tracking it. And I think that's something that I've learned um, growing up and, and moving out of home and, and things like that. It's definitely something that you you learn about when you get to a point. And I think that as young carers, it's important for us to know I guess the technical term is opportunity cost, I guess. So if we're spending our money on coffee each day, what does that mean we can't spend our money on in the future? What are your tips on if we don't have something that we're saving for? So you were saving for a house for you and your brother. Um, If I went through a phase of saving up so I could get a puppy, I didn't realize it was such a a long-term cost. I thought it was more of a one-off cost, but dogs cost a lot of money. What What are some of the tips and tricks you have around if you don't have a particular goal in mind that you're saving for, how do you motivate yourself to still save? I think, I think you kind of need a goal and it doesn't have to be like a thing. It's not saying, you know, I'm going to save up for that camp. It's not saying I'm going to save up for a house. Um, I think it's just about having a goal. So it might actually just be, Hey, I'm going to save a certain amount of money. Maybe you'll, you'll pick a, a percentage of how much money you have. And for some as well, like it's, it's as, you know, I just want to make sure I'm not getting into debt or, you know, I can actually just meet, I can pay my bills. So I think it's having, I think having a goal is important or at least having, you know, a, like a habit that you want to build. So if that habit is just, I'm going to save a amount of money or I'm going to work a little bit extra, maybe an extra shift. It's really just having, yeah, I think a goal. And that, I think it's really important to know like that goal doesn't have to be some really huge idealistic thing. It's not a big goal. It's just something. And similar to the to everyone listening to this podcast, that goal could just be, I'm going to listen to two podcasts this week. 
I'm going to ask a trusted friend, you know, hey, what could I be doing different or what am I actually doing well? Um, I think it's just doing something is important because, again, back to what I said before, I think knowledge is power with it. I think just knowing where you're at, what you're looking to do and having something to work towards is important. So one of the key ways that we earn money that we can then treat ourselves to lots of things like Netflix and Uber Eats and, and online shopping, um, is that we need to get a tax file number or often it's often written as a TFN. That's one of the first things we ever need to do if we want to get a job. What is it? Why do we need one and how do we get one? Oh my God, isn't it like one of the most complicating sounding things when really I, I think it's so straightforward, but it's so, they make it sound so complicated. So TFN, tax file number, you know, it's basically just, it's a unique number that means you. So, you know, number one, two, three, four, five, that's you, Maddie. That's uh, that's your number. It's kind of like, like a student ID or an employee number. But what it is for is for tax and superannuation. So when you earn income um, in Australia, you have to pay a portion of tax. That tax goes to contributing to society. So if you ever think, oh, where does, you know, Centrelink and other places get money to help other Australians when they're in need? Or how does how do the roads get built? How does, uh, you know, the public transport get built and maintained? It all comes from tax. It's a contribution from everyone in Australia. And that, you know, linking back again, that tax file number, that's your number that identifies you. What's really cool is you get one number and it stays with you for life. So even as you change jobs, you know, you move interstate or even if you go overseas, that's that's your unique number. That's that's yours for life. So like you said, you kind of you technically don't need one if you have a job, but if you don't have one and you do have a job, it means you pay heaps more money than you may need to. Um, so, you know, it's always important to kind of keep everything, keep as much money in your in your own pocket as you can rather than paying stuff you shouldn't be paying. But also, you know, you can't apply for government benefits. So if you need support, you can't get those without a tax file number. You can't do your own tax electronically. You know, there's all those kinds of things. You can't start a business either. So it's, I think it's important to have a tax file number. It's really easy to apply for one. And once you've got it, it's yours for life. So it's not something you have to do every every year or anything like that. Thank God, because yeah. you wouldn't want to, because I always no. forget and lose my tax file number. And my tip is to have that in an easily findable spot. Yes, yes. Um, Some, yep, definitely agree. So you don't have to do what I do, which is call <laughs> my dad every time I need it. You mentioned government benefits and we're going to be talking about that in another episode later on in our series here, but give us a little bit of an insight around government benefits for young carers in particular. What are some things that we might be able to access? What are some other ways we might be able to save some extra money that we didn't know we had access to? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, Centrelink's kind of the main point of call from a, a a benefits perspective. And I, and I think what's really awesome about living in Australia is that, you know, we've got what's called Centrelink, which is um, financial contributions to Australians that help you basically like level the playing field. So for us as carers, you know, there are a lot more um, expenses that can come up. Um, there's a lot of, a lot more uh, in terms of um, obligations on yourself to move independently and work independently and study independently. For me, you know, as an example, I had support going to university because, you know, as we know, a lot of young carers find it harder to go to uni because they're there caring for, you know, their the family member or their friend. It meant for me that I couldn't work as much as I wanted to do because basically looking after my brother was kind of a part-time job um, together with my family. So I couldn't work, which meant I didn't have the same 
ability to earn money like some of my friends did. And they were able to save money before they went to uni. They were able to buy their textbooks. But thanks to you know government benefits like Centrelink, there are things that were supportive to me and supportive to other young carers, um, whether that's studying, whether it's supplementing work. If you're there and you you know you 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 know you need to move out of home, uh, you need to find a place, and you just can't afford it yourself. You know, if you're low income, they'll help you out as well. Um, so I think ultimately, you know, it's important to you know understand where you're at financially, and if you need help, to look for support. So go to the Centrelink website. There's lots of like quizzes you can fill in. Um, you know, they're not fun quizzes. They're you know about your finances and what you do. Um, but you know, ultimately, what they do is tell you if you need support and if there are benefits available to you. And they're available to. Australians who meet certain criteria. So, um, and they're really there to help you, you know, and I don't think anyone should feel bad about accessing those because really what it is, is about helping you get on track to, you know, meet financial obligations, to succeed in school, to succeed in work. And ultimately it means you can be a better carer, a better person, you know, have yeah, the ability to meet the goals that you have. So I think, uh, yeah, definitely look out for that. So one last question before we finish up is if you had to leave our listeners today with one hot tip on what they should be doing right now to understand their financial position and understand their money a bit better, what would you suggest that they do? Oh, good question. There are so many things, but I reckon just write down in whatever way you want, write down how much money am I getting in? Well, if I got a job, do I get Centrelink benefits? You know, am I earning interest on something? Do I get pocket money? How much money do I get in? How regular is that? Like, what is it? And then what's going out? What am I spending my money on? Is it bills? Is it, you know, buying coffee? Is it online shopping? Is it clothes? What is it? And I'm not saying you have to do anything once you find out what that is, but I think having power over knowing what money you have and where it's going is going to make a huge difference. So, yeah, that's my number one tip. That's a good one. Um, If you're part of the Dreamers Hub, you can find out more about all of these things, including how to apply for a tax file number in this week's module as well. Thanks so much for joining us today and sharing why money matters to you, Michael. If our listeners would like to connect or learn more about you, what you do or anything else, where can they find you? I'd love, I would absolutely love to hear from people. So I'm on basically every social media platform, but uh, you can find out all my handles and links on my website. So michaelkasha.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-C-A-S-H-A.com. Search my name on there. I've got the yeah, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from people. You're so fancy. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure having you on today. Thanks so much. It's been awesome. now time for Dreamer Diaries. Each week, we'll follow the lives of two young carers, James and Julie, as they navigate their own finances. Meet James. James is 14 years old and currently completing year eight at school. He cares for his younger brother, Alex, who has cerebral palsy. James helps Alex get dressed and ready for school, attend doctor's appointments and house tasks. In his spare time, James loves playing video games, basketball and staying active. This week, James wants to apply for a tax file number so he can give it to his future employers. To apply for a tax file number, you need to complete an application form, provide proof of identification documents and attend an appointment usually at your local post office. To do this, James needs to go to the Australian Tax Office or ATO website to download the tax file number application and book in his appointment. 
because James is under 16 years old, he will need to show two proof of identification documents, like his passport and birth certificate. Once James has everything he needs, he can visit the Australian Post Office near his house to attend his appointment. After his appointment is done, all he has to do is wait up to 28 days to receive his tax file number. Meet Julie. Julie is 16 years old and completing year 10. She cares for her mum, Marie, who has early onset Alzheimer's. Julie has to stay at home a lot to help her mum with her medications, look after the house and remind her mum of important tasks when she forgets them. In her spare time, Julie loves shopping, hanging out with her friends and watching Netflix. This week, Julie is going to set up her savings account. She already has an everyday banking account with her family bank that she uses for her day-to-day transactions like buying groceries. This week, Julie is going to set up her savings account. She already has an everyday bank account with her family bank that she uses for her day-to-day transactions like buying groceries. But now, Julie wants to invest some of her money into a savings account so it can start to generate interest. The more money you have in your bank account, the more interest it earns over time, meaning even more savings. Because Julie is 16 years old, she can apply for a savings account online by herself by visiting the bank website. To apply, she needs to have a passport or a Medicare card as proof of her identity. Challenge of the week. This week, I want to encourage all of you to apply for a tax file number using the application form in this week's module. Be sure to share your progress with us in the Challenge of the Week forum so we can cheer you on. That's it for this episode. See you next time.